and yeah. you're out in nature. You don't have access to all the simplicities, all the little, you know, the easy, the easy little gadgets and the, you know, faucets and <laughs> the flushing toilets and all that. You got to figure it out. <laughs> Hello again, friends. Thank you so much for joining me here at the Wisdom of the Wilderness podcast. I'm your host, Greg, and as always on this podcast, we are here to share wisdom gained from time spent in nature with a dose of inspirational and empowering stories of everyday people moving through uncharted territory, both literal and figurative. I am grateful you have chosen to spend part of your time today with me, listening to cool things and cool people. And uh, without any further ado, let's get to this week's episode. Hello again, friends. We are back with another episode of the Wisdom of the Wilderness podcast. This one's coming out a little bit of a different time, but that's all right. Things happen, life happens, and uh, it's all good if it ends good, right? Sure. That's what somebody smart said. Uh, it was a beautiful, interesting, strange, uh, weird day up here in Traktiaktuk. It is, uh, yeah, apparently it's summer in some places of the world, and um, not so much up here. We've had some interesting weather. It is still beautiful to be outside. The pine trees smell magnificent. Ponderosas especially. There's spruce. There is Douglas fir. There are larches. There are osprey, osprey flying around. There are eagles. There are hawks. They all kind of do their little little thing out here in the wild. Um, but uh, warm weather has uh, just kind of started thinking about coming up here. So we are eagerly anticipating the arrival of summer here at Wisdom of the Wilderness because we are children of the summer. And uh, to that note, I attempted a cold plunge today in a new-to-me water body and uh, discovered that the place that I had chosen, which uh, was a meh, decent adventure to get to on a mountain bike, as mountain biking is in no way my forte. Um, yeah, that place turned out to be sucking mud uh, up to my knees that had leeches in it. So uh, that cold plunge was aborted for today, and we will return to our normal dipping location tomorrow. Uh, it's always good to go and explore new places and check out and see things. And I would have never known had I never gone. So now I know that is a uh, beautiful little water body for appreciating and uh, probably not for re-entering with my exposed body. So um, yeah, fun, fun times up here. I hope you all have had a great day wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And uh, we're going to get uh, right to it here on today's episode because as I was out on that adventure this afternoon debating whether uh, I should even hop onto the bike and uh, head into the forest as it was threatening rain. It actually did not, it ended up being sunny, so that was beautiful. But as I was riding through the forest, I was really struck by the variety of aspects of the forest which engage with the senses. You could even say the sensual aspects of the forest. And this is a big shout out to a listener down under uh, who suggested this uh, that I discuss a little bit about what are the sensual aspects in the forest. So came up with a list and I'm just going to talk about them a little bit because, you know, we've got there's a whole bunch more senses than we're told that we have. Um, you know, everything kind of gets 
conditioned down into the five senses, taste, touch, smell, sight, and hearing. But there's a lot more stuff we're aware of, um, infrared radiation, or radiation as one in general of just, hey, I feel there's a body near me because it's nice and warm. So was that touching you? How does, how does that work? Um, you know, the sen sense of pressure changes, sense of temperature changes. There's a, a lot of things, sense of direction even. There's, there's a lot of things that uh, don't fit nicely into those categories because they're too limiting. I took a great eco-psychology class. I highly recommend taking an eco-psychology class. And we went into 54 different senses. So a lot of stuff up there. You can uh, check the show notes for more information on that. But as I, as I rode the bike into the forest, uh, it was great because I was just looking around for invitations and feeling how the energy moved in the forest, how the wind was blowing, how the lovely forestry road I was on uh, was more of a challenge navigating on a bicycle than I expected it would be. Uh, also, did I mention mountain biking is not my forte. I trail run or walk reasonably decent most of the time. Uh, but what I noticed was, you know, seeing seeing the wind and especially with the, the clouds and the sun, give me that contrast, uh, the branches of the trees. And I thought about the sensual aspects of those tree branches because as I was riding along, I had a little bit more time to, to look around, wasn't needing to pay attention to where all my footsteps would be and uh, not face planting. But I noticed a lot of stuff about the branches because each, each tree's got a different bark pattern, you know? And what was the what was the pattern I was seeing? What were the colors that I was seeing? How was I engaging my sense of sight with that? Um, as well as then noticing the needles or lack thereof on different trees. It's mostly coniferous trees out here where I am. So seeing the different colors and textures and shapes, um, it was really quite interesting for me. And then, you know, as I was going along being very aware, because as that you're you know, sensing the weather change or the the pressure change as fronts come in. I'm really aware of, of the smells. Um, I mean, it, it smells like a beautiful pine forest out here. And it also kind of helps that uh, they just logged the bejesus out of it. So there's a lot of, a lot of pine scent in the air and it's just very aromatic. It, it was beautiful. So those tree branches really got me connected with the, the central aspects. Um, the next thing is as I was riding along and there's some feathers and I thought, well, wow, now that's really interesting because, you know, seeing all these birds of play, prey fly around, seeing all the ducks, the little swallows, magpies. Um, I may have seen an Oriole, but I don't know that Orioles are out here. There was a bird that had some orange on it. There's crows, there's ravens, there's hawks, there's all kinds of stuff. Um, there are a couple of feathers lying on the ground and it was, you know, not well, I didn't go into trying to determine, hey, was this a, a bird that uh, got hit by something, a bird that got taken out by another bird, a bird that got taken out by another predator? Uh, was this just a gift from the universe? But I thought about feathers and how there's a, a big connection with feathers and, and sensuality, especially in terms of connecting with the, the different feelings that we can have and those sensations on the skin, you know, playing around with a feather to, to trace a line on your arm or perhaps use it for intimate relations, that's a very, very interesting way. So see, seeing that and as well as, you know, seeing the colors, I didn't stop to smell the feather, 
but seeing the colors, the iridescent aspects of, oh, you know, someone might say it's a boring black crow feather, but you get up close and like, wow, it's iridescent. There's purple, there's violet, there's all of these little tingles and tangles and, and everything. So it was, it was quite neat to see. Uh, I had bark as a separate central aspect of the forest, but that kind of connected the tree branches. But I did take a stop and ride up to a ponderosa and just stick my nose kind of in between, kind of near the um, the ridges on the ponderosa bark and smell. Now, for me, uh, my first or my first awareness of the qualities and characteristics of ponderosa was on a, when I was on my boss course. So, to me, it's the vanilla pudding tree. I'm yawning a whole bunch. A vanilla pudding tree. Uh, some have said it smells like cinnamon. Some have said it smells like pine. I think it smells magical. But, but seeing the bark, uh, I touched the, t I touched it. Um, you know, thank the tree for being there. That was just a, a very se sensual and sense connected experience because I could smell, I could touch. Um, I didn't feel like tasting that tree, but that is something one could do as well. Uh, moving on to the next aspects of sensuality in the forest, um, the grass. You know, there's there's a lot of uh, dead grass. There's a lot of now growing grass, which is beautiful to see. But there's there's a lot about that we can think of as senses that we're tied into. If you walk barefoot in the grass, um, and then the difference of wet grass versus dry grass. What's it like first thing in the morning when you go out to to water the lawn versus what's it like when you know it's three in the afternoon? It's been in the sun all day versus what's it like maybe in a drought, um, all of those, those different aspects, but it is something again that we can connect and it's got a different texture. It's got a different moisture content. All of these things can show up in the color that we see, um, and the texture that we feel, uh, and perhaps even in the species that show up in the forest, you know, who's around when it's dirt and dead grass season, who's around in the height of greenery and flowers and, and who's feeding on what, what insects are around. So, Really neat and sensual, sensual aspects there. Uh, the next thing that we come to, <laughs> I rode my bike to a lake. Uh, bodies of water in the forest. Now these are cool because there's so many different and such a diversity of types of water bodies and locations of water bodies. I mean, what I attempted to cold plunge in was essentially a swamp um, that's been drying up. There's there's some small lakes around here. There's some large lakes around here. There's some warm creeks around here. There's some cold creeks around here. There's a freaking gigantic river that empties out uh, pretty close to here. So we have a lot of bodies of water, but each one engages different central aspects and different aspects of our ancestral memories even. There, you know, the big lake, hey, that's great. There's fish in there. You can catch, you can catch a bunch, you know, there's there's a uh, aquatic life. There's amphibian life. There's animal life. There's frick, there was turtles in the little lake that I went to. I don't even know if it has a name, but I saw a couple turtles swimming around in there. Um, it's all it's all different life forms, but it's also a, a connection for us, right? We think we're we're composed of a significant amount of water. Water is necessary for many of the chemical reactions in our body. Water is necessary for nutrient transport in our body. So we have a lot to be grateful for when we think about the water. But we've also got this sensual aspect of, you know, we cleanse ourselves with water, um, both physically and energetically, that can happen. We can go into water to cool down, as on the case of a hot summer day, jump into this lake right here. Uh, or we can go into water to warm ourselves up, such as driving 
driving away to the hot springs and uh, hopping in to get warm on a cold day or even get warm on a hot day because why not? It's hot springs. They're amazing. So that was that was part of that. And then we even get some more sensations if the water were to freeze and we've got ice or ice cubes. How does that feel on the body? And, and more so, what can that be used to alleviate? Um, you know, the cold plunge episode, we went into the the different ways um, that cold plunges work and how what, how they can reduce inflammation, can enhance um, metabolism, you know, can really help out the body. And that's all connecting with our senses because you get in the cold and you know it. You get in the warm and you know it. All right. Uh, universe agrees. Next aspect I had for the central aspects of the forest was sand because, again, we've got so many textures. And one might even argue that no two sands are the same. But, you know, sand can warm up in, in the heat of summer, in the heat of sun. It can cool down pretty good if it's cold. It uh, can change, feel like it's changing texture when it's wet. If, it, if it's rained out here, it's very different from it's been dry. Uh, and with that, you know, we are, we are engaging. And oftentimes if it's sand, we're engaging with the bottoms of our feet. So that's a highly sensitive area of the body anyways. But we can connect with that, you know, that call it sense of touch. Um, we've also got smell because the the beach, you know, that combination of water and sand, um, wet sand is different from dry sand. That's a that's a really really connected ancestral memory through that sense of smell. And you know, to touch sand, to feel with it, to play with it. I would I would hope everyone listening here has made a sand castle at some point in their life. Uh, but you know, you really get to see when you're doing that how dry sand and wet sand. You know, the consistency changes, the the texture changes, the binding capacity or the shapes you're able to make change, whether it's wet or it's dry. So it's it's really cool. It's a really way, really good way to engage our senses. And apparently there's a lot of energy movement because I keep yawning recording this. I'm not sure why. Maybe I need more coffee. Uh, the next thing I had was the uh, sense in the forest and sense, S-C-E-N-T-S. What's all the smells that are out there? I mean, it may not be the greatest way to, to think of sensuality, but if a skunk's been by, uh, you'll be having a sensual experience. Now, there's a very different one than the Ponderosa forest or then running by a patch, uh, perhaps of wild lavender or some wild roses if you're in certain places in the Rockies. Perhaps you are going to, you know, you can smell the impending thunderstorm or perhaps you can smell that, that beautiful, fresh smell after a rain has happened when it's been dry. Um, we had that out here a couple of days ago and it's, yeah, it just, it's just very, very different. And we, we are engaging the senses. So that's that sensuality that we're all aware of that maybe can be conditioned out. Those smells, they're magical. The, the vanilla pudding tree, the ponderosa, you know, the, the scent of, of sap. It's just, it's a magical way. So sharing some gratitude for the forest for having those magical scents because it can take us all the way back to being a six-year-old kid in a national park or you know in the smelling smelling a campfire in the forest a well-built campfire not a smoke out everyone in a 20 mile radius because of uh, poor campfire construction but you know the the smells. I can I can run by and go. Oh wow, yeah, this is that smell. This this wood smells differently than wood other places when it's a fire. And you know if 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 it's a well built one, it 
smells very different than if it's a poorly built one and it's smoking everyone. So how does that all work? And uh, what does that remind you of? So very, very sensual experience. Uh, the next I had was dirt. And I separated this out from sand because, you know, sand tends to be on beaches and more exposed. Um, dirt being the material on the forest floor. Well, that could even be separated out. But, you know, the dirt, what's growing in it uh, out here, it's kind of... Eh, a little bit orange, but more just, you know, what I think of as kind of dirt colored dirt, not, not the red dirt of, you know, the four corners area or central Australia, but, uh, dirt colored dirt that I'm familiar with, which doesn't really help many people. I realize, um, but there's, there's central aspects to that too. Cause if, if you touch it or get your hands in the dirt, whether you're planting soils or digging out a foundation for a house or, you know, digging a trench for a water line, uh, whatever it might be, when you're in the dirt, you really can connect with the different layers of soil, the different materials in the soil, the different smells, you know, with the, the wet earth versus dry earth, the microorganisms and the full-size organisms that are in the soil. Can you touch them? Maybe you can smell them. You can see them. Maybe you can hear them if they're beetles or things like that, um, grasshoppers even. So we can connect with that, that central aspect of the dirt as, as well as, you know, using dirt for, oh gosh, call it again, our own cleansing. You now we think of taking, taking a mud bath and maybe a group of little kids playing around, haha, this is fun or elephants do it. But there's a lot to be said for, you know, hopping into a water body or rolling around in the dirt, giving oneself a dirt bath. If you uh, recall the episode with Nature Wise Mama, that was something that she did. Um, it's great. I mean, I've, I've done a type of dirt bath, you know, going in the water in certain places in Arizona and, uh, Southern Utah, Northern Arizona coming out of the water and having this mud stuck on, but then using dirt to just rub dirt on dirt and eventually get clean, then rub some sand on that and get that clean too. So really cool. Um, but the, those smells were connecting with the, the microorganisms in the soil and we're building our immune system. So always good stuff from that. The next central aspect I had of the forest was the fresh air. You know, you know a lot of people who are in cities uh, head out to the forest to get some fresh air. And be, being out in a forest a lot of my day anyways, uh, I kind of take that for granted. But that is a very central aspect. You know, you're just aware of what it seems to be is people, you know, get that de sense of decompression being the forest, but that fresh air enlivens, you know, it's like the immune system knows that there's fighting sides floating around, that there are all kinds of beneficial microorganisms out here. And just that connection with it through the air, through breathing in through that oxygen and carbon dioxide exchange in our lungs really helps to, to embody part of the forest by literally taking in part of the forest and uh, the forest taking in part of us. So it's with this really neat energy exchange. It's also a sensual exchange of feelings. So very grateful that there, there is fresh air out here and you notice it moving around as well. Uh, next I had listed down was um, vibrant colors as a sensual aspect of the forest because there are so many colors and that are out here, you know, the, just the bark of a ponderosa has got several different colors in it. The needles are several different colors. I mean, you can kind of see what's a healthy tree, what's a not so healthy tree, what's a dead tree. 
by the different colors of green and just seeing the difference of how is that green on a day when it's rained? How is that green on a day when it hasn't rained? So really starting to see, you know, the day-to-day change, but also thinking about what are all these mechanics going on? What are all these processes going on behind the scenes that I'm not uh, consciously aware of, but that water movement, that nutrient movement through trees really helped me connect to, well, hey, you know, what's going on in my body? That's a similar thing. This water is circulating stuff all around here and there and everywhere. And, you know, releasing some to the environment by sweat and evaporation and conducting some with the same too, uh, as well as ingesting water. So, you know, the, the colors, the colors that are there are magnificent. And, you know, even extending it further to see the birds or some of the fish, and the iridescence and all that, you know, it, it is quite a sensual experience when we can be open to that and turn off the thinking brain, turn off the, you know, rationalization of things to go, wow, I'm just here having this sensory experience. Look at all these magical colors. Um, I saw a daffodil coming up a couple of days ago. So that was, again, a really cool thing to see. Wow, there's this yellow and, and green and a little bit black um, plant growing here it's beautiful and it's quite quite the stark contrast with the now green grass and the still snow-capped mountains 100 feet vertically higher but that vibrancy of color is really brings in a, a new energy and connects with that sensuality that we're all aware of and uh, the last one i had jot down here's essential aspect of the forest is freedom and now how could the forest be freedom and how is freedom sensual I'm going to argue that it is because it's that feeling of being in the forest and being uninhibited. You know, we're connecting with these ancestral senses, the the urge to roam, the nomadic hunter-gatherer lifestyles that we had, the, the ways we moved around unconstrained by arbitrary divisions on a map or political malfeasance or whatever is going on. Being in the forest just felt like I could go anywhere and explore anywhere. And there were all these tips and turns and twists and snags and things to investigate. With all of my senses engaged, it really did help to feel like freedom, freedom to express myself, freedom to be myself, freedom to freedom to roam and explore. It was very different than being in, you know, thinking of any city. It doesn't really matter downtown area where the big office towers are, you know, I don't feel a sense of freedom. I don't feel a sense of anything really. I'm kind of over overwhelmed with the noise and the EMFs and the people everywhere and the overcrowding and the hustle and the bustle. It's it's crazy overstimulation. Whereas to get out into the forest feels like freedom because, you know, it for the most part it's calm. For the most part it's it's the noise of the forest that has that deep connection to rest and relaxation and home for us. It's it's being and walking around and knowing there's no one out here that really cares what I'm doing. The squirrels aren't too concerned as long as I'm not near their babies. The you know, the if there's a an animal out there, there's another animal out there that might be trying to eat it or you know, seeing the birds fight day in, day out, who's guarding whose nest, who's doing what with whom. Um, when I go out there, I see all that, but like, I feel this deep sense of freedom that's very sensual. And because I am smelling ancestral smells, I'm smelling things that bring me alive. I'm seeing things that, you know, you 
get my eyes working naturally, seeing, seeing depth, seeing it three-dimensionally, um, processing distance, processing speed, processing all these other things in a natural environment. It's not artificial staring at a computer screen or anything. Taste, you know, everything is, or many things have such distinct tastes and flavors out here. If I were to to have some of the cambium of a ponderosa pine or take, you know, take a bite of a fallen needle or anything like that. It's uh, it engages my, my sense of taste in a different way than, you know, say to go and grab a Coke and have a Coke. Um, smell. We went through that pretty, pretty well, I think. Uh, taste, touch, smell, sight, hearing. And yeah, the sounds, you know, it's kind of lulls you to sleep. You know, you, I'm unfamiliar with people that would, necessarily listen to you know say nails on a chalkboard to to go to sleep but i know many people you know seek the the sounds of the forest or go out camping to have that you know hear the hear the crickets at night or hear the wind whistling through the trees hear the light pitter patter of rain in the tropics it, it's for me all these things combine and that that deep connection to who we were and where it feels like home really imparts the, all of the sensual aspects of the forest and puts them together so that it is that freedom. And that freedom becomes its own sensuality, at least to me, of I'm on a bike out here. I just feel fantastic. I was on my, my morning trail run today and felt fantastic. It's just exploring and experiencing it because I've got my senses engaged and I'm I'm enjoying life. So... There you have it, friends. That was, I think it was 11 uh, central aspects of the forest. I know there are many more. I'm curious to hear. Uh, feel free to drop an email at wisdomofthewilderness at protonmail.com. What are the central aspects of the forest you connect to? You know, is it seeing? Is it seeing? Is it smelling? Is it tasting? Is it touching? Is it hearing? Is it all of them or any combination of them, whether you're you know, walking, walking out in the woods and come across a clear cut or walking out in the woods and come across a morale mushroom patch or uh, walking in the woods and, you know, come across a lake or a hot springs or anything like that. You know, what, what's that connection for you? But when we can start to see and be aware of the different aspects of a forest specifically, but nature more generally, we can, we can connect with where we feel more alive and what draws us and what invites us in to explore versus what what may not. And I encourage everyone to head out to your local local nature, whatever it might be. Maybe you've got a little little park a couple blocks away. Maybe you're fortunate to live somewhere where you can access, you can run to the trailhead from your house or ride your bike to the trailhead. You know, maybe you're looking at a a significant commute or you know a part day drive to get to somewhere that feels feels like home to you or feels calm and quiet and peaceful but just hop on outside maybe even set out the intent that i'm just going to go outside and observe with my senses and note to myself what i see note to myself what i hear what i what i feel uh feel at all levels from emotions to sensations in the body to you know wind blowing on your skin would be an example to to whatever it is there's so much that we can do when we connect with with nature and so many ways to engage and appreciate it and you know 
set an intent. Okay, I'm just going to explore and see what you're drawn to and follow those little urges. Use your senses to guide you to toward an experience because we are all ultimately here having an experience and it's not good or bad or right or wrong or anything else. It's an experience. And we can make the best of it or we can choose to whatever with it. But I try to just be in the experience, be present and observe and uh, enjoy and appreciate. So if that's one thing we can leave you with today, it's uh, the central aspects of the forest. I have a lot of gratitude for them. I have a lot of gratitude for the suggestion for this podcast and I uh, hope you found it enjoyable and informative. And uh, as always, signing off from the mighty lake near the mighty beach and uh, beside the beautiful forest, we will uh, catch you next time on the Wisdom of the Wilderness. And thank you very much for joining me on today's episode, friends. It is always fun for me to record these, and I do hope you get a lot out of them. As always, if you enjoyed this, please share it with your friends, your family members, your colleagues, your coworkers, your hairdresser, the guy at the restaurant, uh, wherever you're going. I do my best to research these and give a lot of good information, and there's a lot of people out there that can benefit from hearing the stories and also having that perspective shift that can come along with, with listening. As well, if you get a chance, I do encourage you. It really helps me out if you can leave a five-star review at the podcast platform you're listening to, as well as maybe even write something. So uh, yeah, if you get a chance, please do that. I prefer Apple Podcasts is how I listen to things, but I know that uh, Stitcher's out there, Spotify's out there, Google Play or Google Podcasts, there's a whole bunch of them. So if you get a chance, please do drop a five-star rating and leave a review. That would be fantastic. And with that, have a wonderful day, friends. We will catch you on the next episode of The Wisdom of the Wilderness. Ends up, like, ten, turns out we um, spend four days, three nights <laughs> on this road that we found uh, driving. Sometimes we'd stop and bike a little bit, um, hike around, you know, just just exploring the place. Um, 